0: Today's episode was taped live in front of a virtual audience as part of a series of episodes examining the relationship between climate and security produced in partnership with CGIAR, the world's largest global agricultural innovation network. The episode today, which is the seventh in our series, examines the relationship between climate security and inequality in Vietnam. The episode kicks off with Grazia Pacillo, Senior Economist at CGIAR Climate Security, explaining the results of a report about the impact of climate variability on inequality in Vietnam. I then moderate a discussion with a diverse array of panelists who dive deeper into the ways in which climate variability impacts economic and social inequality in Vietnam and what can be done about it. To listen to other episodes in this series, please visit globaldispatchespodcast.com or click on the link in the show notes of this episode. And now here is today's special episode.
1: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everyone. Thank you for joining us for the seventh Climate Security Webinar. My name is Grazia Pacillo, and I'm Senior Economist for the CGR Climate Security Focus. The Climate Security Webinar Series is part of uh, the CGR Climate Security Focus, where we are aiming to link climate impacts to its drivers of security. In today and next week's event, titled Charting the Path to Peace, we will try and shed light on some of the latest policy and initiatives working to ensure that all people in Vietnam and Indonesia have equal opportunities and resilience to climate variability. This event is part of the Climate Variability in Indonesia and Vietnam Research Project, funded by the European Union-French Agency for Development Research Facility on Inequality. Today, our focus will be on Vietnam. Climate change of variability in Vietnam has been, uh, been remarkable in the past 20 years. The average surface temperatures have increased by one degree Celsius, with the southern provinces of the Central Highland Central Coast warming even more. Between the end of 2015 and the early 2016, a new event caused extensive droughts, especially in the Central Islands, where severe consequences on food securities and livelihood have been documented mountainous areas in northern regions are increasingly experiencing devastating floods. And finally, with more than 70% of the Vietnamese population living in the coastal areas and low-lying deltas, Vietnam is highly exposed to river and coastal flooding, which not only threatens economic activities, such as rice production, but also direct, directly affect people uh, people's livelihoods. It is estimated that between 2007 and 2050, economic losses due to climate change will range between the six and 15 billion US dollars. And these losses are likely to be concentrated in certain sectors, such as agriculture, and certain population groups, the poorest, vulnerable, and most marginalized. Recent evidence suggests that agriculture is not the only sector that is and will be affected by climate variability. The rapid development of the past decade in Vietnam has moved a lot of people out of farm activities to wage and non-farm employment in urban areas. Some of these people are most marginalized at disadvantaged, disadvantage such as migrants, women and ethnic minorities. Their living and working conditions are precarious and as exposed to climatic condition as those of people working in agriculture. It is widely recognized that the existence of structural inequalities such as the ones linked to ethnicities, remoteness, gender, and age, can worsen the ability of the poorest and most marginalized to respond to the climate challenge. We believe that this could be the case in Vietnam. For instance, marginalized groups such as ethnic minorities often live in remote and rural areas with the infrastructure that is less resilient to climate impacts, have scarce voice and political representation, and often suffer from marginalisation and conservative social norms, which altogether may hinder their capacity to access a diversified set of productive assets to improve their current economic status and finally reduce their vulnerability to climate hazards. Failures to protect the poorest, the most marginalised from climate impacts in both rural and urban areas will create the conditions for poverty traps and further social exclusion ultimately contributing to widen the gap between the richest and the poorest. Vietnam is among the fastest growing lower middle income countries in Southeast Asia. Its effort in reducing poverty rates have been outstanding in the past decade. And as as of now, about 5% of the population lives under the poverty line. Despite these remarkable results, inequality has been steadily increasing and the divide between the richest and the poorest has widened even more in rural and remote areas, and those areas that are mostly populated by ethnic groups, minorities ethnic groups. Economic inequality is reinforced by inequality of voice and opportunities in this country, with the poorest often excluded in favor of the rich. To give some numbers, Oxfam estimates that Vietnam's 210 super-rich earn more than enough in one year to lift 3.2 million people after poverty and to end extreme poverty. Studies on the direct impact on climate change and variability on inequalities are limited, as the literature mostly focuses on the direct effect on poverty and treats inequality as a secondary and consequential issue. But we know that poverty and inequality are different, very distinct phenomena and often follow different patterns as demonstrated in the case of Vietnam. Furthermore, a large majority of the previous studies analyzes the relationship between climate and inequality across countries, with less attention to how different groups within each country are impacted by climate hazards. In this analysis, we use a within-country approach to dig deeper in the relationship between climate and uh, variability and inequality, and to understand whether this impact is bigger for the most vulnerable people in Vietnam and whether this contributes to increased inequality in the country. In other words, in our analysis we tried to understand whether climate variability is regressive, or better we wanted to understand whether climate variability impacts are bigger for those who are less able to cope with these consequences and if so what can we do to ensure an equal, sustainable economic development for all in Vietnam? Our results show that the effect of climate variability is indeed regressive, as income decreases and income inequality increases with changes in climatic conditions. The most affected areas are those that have historically been more affected by El Niño-related events, such as Central Islands, Southeast the Mekong Delta regions, ethnic minorities, rural and farming households are bearing the biggest burden of these impacts and have a lower probability to escape poverty in the medium to the long term. Our analysis also suggests that some of the most vulnerable households, especially rural and ethnic minorities, might be using transfers and remittances as an insurance mechanism to cope with the short-term impacts of climate variability. These coping capacities, however, seem to mostly focus on the short-term while long-term uncertainties remain. In conclusion, we believe that understanding the direct relationship between structural inequality and climate variability is of paramount importance for the policy development in Vietnam. Despite the existence of many policies designed to target and support low-income groups in, uh, in coping with emergencies, these policies are often uh, have little relevance to the needs, right and priorities of the most marginalized groups. The lack of participation in voice in places of power has, in recent years, worked in, favors, in favor of the better off and widened the gap between these and the most vulnerable. Our study contributes to this discussion and suggests that more real-time evidence is needed on who bears the biggest impact of the climate events and ask for an increased effort to monitor these impacts specifically in remote, rural and agricultural areas, while often left behind. We also believe that for short, short-term solutions are not enough. Developing, developing sustainable coping in adaptive strategies with and for the most vulnerable groups in both the urban and the rural areas will be essential. This is especially important for ethnic minorities who are the ones who are bearing the biggest burden of the climate impacts. Providing voice and representation to these groups will be pivotal for an equal and sustainable development for all in Vietnam. Now, before introducing our speakers and starting the discussion, I would like to invite you all to watch a short video on the importance of understanding the linkages between climate impact impacts in peace and security across the globe. Thanks.
0: Welcome everyone. My name is Mark Leon Goldberg. I'm editor of UN Dispatch and host of the Global Dispatches podcast. Today's conversation about climate variability and inequality in Vietnam is being recorded as a live taping of the podcast. Vietnam has been deeply impacted by climate change over the last 20 years. With more than 70% of its population living in coastal areas and low-lying deltas, Vietnam is highly vulnerable to riverine and coastal flooding. Meanwhile, El Niño events have caused droughts and water shortages in many provinces. Vietnam is also a country that has experienced rapid economic growth over the past several decades. Still, that growth has not been equitably experienced by all. Rural and agrarian communities and members of ethnic minority groups have not seen their livelihoods increase at the same pace. Today's conversation will explore the linkages between climate variability and inequality in Vietnam. Our conversation is informed by a report by the EU AFD Research Facility on Inequalities titled, Who Bears the Burden of Climate Variability? Unpacking the Impact of Weather Conditions on Inequality in Vietnam. As in our conversation today, this paper explores the various ways that climate variability impacts poorer populations in Vietnam. And I'll post a link to the report on globaldispatchespodcast.com. Our conversation today is a dissemination event that is part of a the research project called Climate Variability in Indonesia and Vietnam from the EU AFD Research Facility on Inequalities developed with the financial support of the European Commission and the coordination of the French Development Agency AFD. The research presented today is a complement to other climate research initiatives in Vietnam that AFD supports such as the Gems Project Vietnam modeling the socioeconomic impacts of climate change in Vietnam, as well as adaptation strategies up to 2050. So with that, let me introduce our panelists today. Uh, Cecile Loi is EU program manager, European Union Development Cooperation in Vietnam. Welcome. Hai An Dang is a senior economist with the World Bank. Welcome. Phuong Vu is senior officer at the International Cooperation Department, Ministry of Agriculture and Rural Development in Vietnam. Welcome. Yanto Hess is climate change adaptation technical specialist at the UN Development Program. Welcome. And finally, Wen Gokhui is senior climate change advisor with Oxfam in Vietnam. Now let's start our conversation. Uh, Phuong Vu, the first question will go to you. Uh, The Ministry of Agriculture and Rural Development is responsible for supporting the agriculture industry in Vietnam, and agriculture is by far the sector that suffers the most from climate change. Can you say a word on how the ministry, which is known as MARD, has dealt with the complexity and extent of climate impacts, and what have been some of its biggest interventions across the country? And also, can you say a word about how competition for natural resources, such as water or land, or the lack of protection by national institutions, has contributed to tensions and grievances among rural populations in regions affected by water insecurity, such as the Mekong Delta? So, Phuong Vu, over to you to start our conversation. Thank you. Good evening
2: from Vietnam. Uh, you know, Matt. Uh, the Ministry of Agriculture and Rural Development has dealt with the complexity and the extent of the climate impacts. That uh, you know, Matt is the Standing Organization of the Central Committee for Flood and Storm Control. We, uh, in cooperation with uh, other line ministries and locality, to prevent, to implement the prevent and response and also with recovery solution with the focus on the four sports. Uh, the four sports approach, we call it the focus focuses on the sport, command on the sport, vehicles on the sport, and the logistics on the sports. And uh, for format the biggest intervention are one, raise community awareness on the climate impact, second, to strengthen disaster risk governance, Third, invest in the reduction and resilience. And fourth, we enhance the disaster preparedness for the most recovery. And for the competition on the natural resources, such as uh, water, land, or lack of protection from the national institution contributed to the insertions of tension among the rural populations. As you know that the climate change contribute to the tensions of the rural population, such as the lack of underground water, the the pollution, and also the especially the sandy intrusion in the Mekong Delta area, and the agricultural land loss, the reduction of the crop uh, pro, crop uh, production, and also the degradation re- of the forestry and ecology. So for uh, for this. Uh, activities, we have uh, some solution like uh, regional planning in the mekong Delta regions. Uh, we have uh, the agriculture cultivation changing into the climate adaptations and for the uh, we also uh, promote the regional co- coordination mechanism of, at the mekong Delta region for uh, focusing on the economic development policies uh, the best, uh, and we think that the best way is to uh, invest in the infrastructure, because here we have very limited uh, infrastructure for the climate impacts and the natural disaster risk management. Um, for an, another solution is that we support the local in social and economic development planning to attract investment and uh, develop human resources and attract other tourism also. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Thank you, thank you. That that provides a very helpful conversation uh, for uh, very helpful context for the rest of our conversation. Uh, And Cecile Lua, I'm going to uh, turn to you now. Uh, The EU has been a key player in climate security in Vietnam. More recently, the Asia Investment Facility has funded a wide range of projects, including those related to climate mitigation and adaptation. Can you tell us a bit more about what the facility is doing in that regard, particularly as it relates to supporting more vulnerable populations? Also, I would love to get your take on how serious is the inequality challenge of Vietnam and how can interventions that tackle climate impacts contribute to the prospect for a sustainable and peaceful growth in Vietnam?
3: Well, thank you, Mark, and uh, good evening from uh, Vietnam, uh, everyone. Um, so, regarding your first question about the Asia Investment Facility, it is a funding from the European Commission um, to help the sustainable uh, infrastructure development uh, in Vietnam. So, that works with combining grants from the European Union and own resource of the government of Vietnam as well as the loan from the European uh, financing institution. And together we partner to ensure the future infrastructure uh, are more sustainable. So Very often what is done with the grant from the EU is to provide technical assistance to address some issue of local governance, to ensure participatory uh, planning of the local community uh, and to ensure that this infrastructure are in line with international standards regarding environment and uh, social uh, aspects. Of this. What we do is we can finance mitigation, uh, investment for mitigation in energy, public transport, for example, or we can also work on adaptation uh, aspects. But in the case for Vietnam, and if we uh, continue on the uh, Mekong Delta, um, one example is how you address uh, coastal erosion, and it can be done with soft infrastructure like working on the mangrove forest rehabilitation, and here you are achieving both protection as well as uh, encouraging sustainable livelihood for the community uh, by uh, providing better protection as well as livelihood for them. Uh, how serious? I think, uh, uh, like in any other country, uh, the um, inequality are very serious, and climate change is worsening uh, the divide uh, between the vulnerable community and the most uh, uh, lucky uh, part of the of the population. Um, it wasn't because indeed these populations, the vulnerable uh, community, are uh, less resilient, they are less equipped, they have less access to finance, to education, to training, to works, to communication. So there is a lot uh, uh, that makes them even more uh, vulnerable. And how we can uh, intervene and contribute uh, in a more sustainable way, I think. Uh, one key element is really the local governance and the inclusiveness and the togetherness and uh, going with more participatory planning, especially when it comes for the use of natural resources.
0: Thank you, thank you very much. Uh, I will turn to Yanto Hess now from the UN Development Program. Uh, Yanto Hess, can you please help us understand better what UNDP is doing to enhance climate coping capacity of the most vulnerable groups in the population, such as ethnic minorities? And what is, in your view, the linkages between increasing uh, climate impacts, lack of opportunities to escape poverty, and insecurity across the region, across Southeast Asia?
4: Yeah, thank you very much, Mark, for your question. Um, Like, first of all, I would like to say that uh, UNDP is one of the uh, largest yeah, development organization in Vietnam in the field of um, climate change uh, response strategies. In line with our country program, uh, we're focusing on eradicating poverty, working uh, with the government on structural transformations and uh, trying to build resiliency. Like for example, we are uh, got a range of climate change related projects uh, under implementation at the moment. Um, for example, we are focusing on the uh, coastal zones where we are reaching out to 30 million beneficiaries and enhancing their resiliency against uh, storm surges, increasing salinization processes of the uh, coastal so- uh, soil and water areas, and also uh, recently built up to 4,000 houses which are flood resilient and storm resilient, and. Uh, Can can you understand me well, Mark?
0: Yeah, yeah, that makes uh, perfect sense. Um, And I mean, to what extent are projects like this replicated across the region with an eye on uh, combining projects that focus on climate insecurity to those that reduce economic inequality as well?
4: I think as uh, Gracia already mentioned, I mean, like it's a structural uh, problem or structural like, yeah, structural phenomena when, like, in um, yeah, poverty levels increase, and because of uh, increasing climate change uh, impact.
0: Mm-hmm. I think we uh, briefly lost your video. has uh, we'll, we'll, we'll come back to you in a moment. I'd like to uh, move to uh, Wen Gok Hui of Oxfam. Uh, Oxfam together with the Mekong Development Research Institute has recently published a very comprehensive report on the status of inequality in Vietnam. Can you tell us a bit more about the results of this analysis and what Oxfam is doing to address these complexities? Uh, also, can you help us understand how has urban poverty, social exclusion and inequality grown across the years? And what are the, is the implication of uh, these on a sustainable, peaceful, uh, and more broadly based socioeconomic growth in the country.
5: Uh, hello, everyone. So, um, uh, in Vietnam, uh, we had just uh, completed and, and published one report. It, um, I would like to provide some of the key findings of this report uh, in, in four points. The first one is that um, Vietnam had successful in reducing poverty but the inequality is increased. And the second one is, you know, the inequalities in Vietnam is the dimensional uh, inequality. It's not a simple and simple one. For example, um, inequality is not only in the gap of the income among the group of people, but also the gap of the access own, the gap on of the uh, access to the public services, and also the gap among of the difference in intergenerational. Um, uh, so uh, another um, findings of the um, uh, research is that, you know the interlink issues of the inequality. Uh, for example, uh, one person who a vulnerable and in equal, so they lack of their, of, of, they are poor for example so the poor will be lack of opportunity to access to the public services Uh, they may have a low voice uh, to participate in the public uh, spaces and and so they are more and more vulnerable to the impact of the climate change and hazards so we call this kind of a cycle of the problem so one people think they are poor or you know they are in the minority groups um, uh, migration groups. So they will face with the more vulnerable issues, things, and, and easier impacted by climate change and hazards. Um, the, the first findings of the report is like the current model of the economic development um, in Vietnam is not uh, appropriate uh, with the context, into the context of the climate change and especially the, the COVID situation. So uh, under the impact of the climate change and the COVID, so the inequality is more visible among the different groups. And the gap, you know, uh, uh, a little bit uh, more uh, and larger. So that, that is some of the key findings uh, of the report, of study, and then how we address it. Um, we do many things of analysis, and uh, to uh, provide our uh, suggestion to the uh, uh, government um, uh, doing by the campaign. Um, but uh, I, I can provide here the one of shortly in an example, For example, the tax policy. Um, the government had a plan for uh, increasing the value-added income tax to everyone. It means include the poor. And it's a bit more than 10% at into the VIT, so the most number of the people who are the poor will be vulnerable, will be impacted, and we're using of the economic model to analyze and to uh, suggest to the government that you should not do that, hmm. and then, then the government accepted, and you know by that way, most of the, the vulnerable people, the poor, you know, is not to pay active more okay. uh, taxes.
0: Thank you. Th- thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I actually want to stay on this topic of, of inequality and turn to Hai On Deng of uh the World Bank. Um, you know, the Ox as as uh The Oxfam report shows there are hazards uh, associated with rising inequality. Uh, And I believe Grazia referenced this statistic earlier that was demonstrated in the Oxfam report, which is that uh, Vietnam's 210 super rich earn more than enough in one year to lift 3.2 million people out of poverty and end extreme poverty in Vietnam. Uh, and I would be curious to learn uh, your take on how the current trends of increasing inequality in Vietnam could hinder Vietnam's continued and peaceful socio-economic development. Yes. Uh,
6: good morning, everyone from Washington, D.C., yes, and um, thank you, Mark, uh, for the questions. Um, um, so in fact, uh, I, I I completely agree. You know, with my colleague Nguyen, um, when he mentioned that the government of Vietnam, you know, has been doing a very good job uh, with uh, reducing poverty, right, uh, over the past, you know, like uh, decades. Uh, uh, but then at the same time, you know, recently we see rising inequality, and uh, in particular, you know, uh, rising inequality in terms of inequality of opportunities. Say for example, you know, like the poor households may not have an equal, you know, like uh, access uh, to all the necessary services, You know, schools. You know, like the uh, same quality of medical medical care. You know, as a rich households in Vietnam. So, so, so that can be a cause for concern, and um, and um, I think that you know. Let me also take another example, Uh, for example, you know, like uh, bigger firms, especially, you know, like uh, uh, public, you know, like uh, state, you know, companies in Vietnam, you know, they may have, uh, you know, like uh, better access, you know, to capital uh, and they can influence, they can make uh, have a, even you know like a better treatment in terms of you know like uh, uh, regulation, right? So 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 that can create you know uh, an unequal you know playing field uh, with small, smaller uh, firms, informal firms in Vietnam and and in fact you know uh uh there has been studies you know showing that informal firms in Vietnam you know can provide the engines of growth, and they can provide you know most of you know like uh, employment opportunities uh for the labor force in Vietnam so so, so indeed uh, I agree you know like uh, we need to uh Try to uh, create, you know, like a better and more equal opportunity, so that you know, own uh, the different, you know, sectors in the economy, you know, can contribute equally and uh, fruitfully, you know, to
0: economic growth. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Th- thank you very much. Uh, and I want to turn back to uh, Cecile Lois. One of the conclusions of the report upon which we are basing our conversation today is that despite the tremendous economic growth in Vietnam uh, over the last several decades, it's already been discussed at length, um, there still exists low capacity to provide timely support to the most vulnerable groups to climate hazards. In your experience, what are the main challenges of ensuring equal opportunities in the context of our current climate crisis and how can the quality of the local governance impact on the effectiveness of these measures?
3: Okay, uh, thank you, uh, Mark. Uh, On this, yes, I mean, the two colleagues said previously, Vietnam has has done an amazing uh, job for the last 30 years. If you just look at the access to energy, it was 10% of the population accessing to energy in 86 and now 98%. Why do I say that? Because how you can reach the last 2% is actually a tremendous challenge because they are very remote, uh, so it's extremely expensive. So when you have a limited public budget, what kind of choice you have to make in reaching out is very last but at a very expensive uh, price Or do you spend your budget to a wider part of the population? So this is the kind of challenge uh, the government certainly uh, is is, uh, facing. Uh, how to deal uh, with uh, the natural uh, resource and uh, access of this natural resource when uh, you are facing more and more degradation. I mean, this is already challenging to ensure equality of the people uh, in regards to the variety of the situation here in Vietnam. Um, I think working on the governance uh, and the local governance is a, key aspect uh, because it will allow participatory planning and but it might be challenging indeed to have the voice of the more vulnerable really uh, being heard uh, by the local government and I think here there are key players which are the civil society organization that can actually do a lot to link between the local authority and the uh, uh, vulnerable uh, local uh, minorities or more vulnerable part of the population. Civil society can train uh, the uh, public services, can train the community, can link, can provide access, uh, and and again, to promote the inclusiveness. And and I think inclusion is a key word.
0: Uh, Thank you, thank you. Uh, We'll turn back to uh, Fuang Vu. As we mentioned earlier, agriculture is still the most vulnerable sector to climate change in the country. Uh, Often rural communities in particular are left behind in their ability to access information on climate events and strategies to increase their resilience to climate variability. In your view, how can research institutes help your ministry maintain its commitment to a more equitable and resilient agriculture sector?
2: Thank you, Mark. Uh, I think your question is very interesting because um, uh, for, uh, for March, we still continue to ensure the the rural, rural vulnerable groups by uh, by many many ways and uh, so uh, solutions. Uh, we continue with the agricultural restructuring uh, so that uh, we can uh, it can be ad- ad- adaptive to the to the climate change and. Um, STEM will revise and update the support policies uh, and uh, regulate, regulating on the agriculture, uh, supporting by, for the vulnerable groups. And um, we continue the formulations um, and implement the, uh, implementation of, of the strategy, planning and plan for the agricultural development. And uh, you know, it is very important that, that we, we should continue with the community awareness raising on the climate, yeah, climate impacts. Um, should continue with the capacity building for, from the center to the local level on the gender equality re- related to the ag- agriculture and climate impact. Uh, we should uh, also, we have the capacity building and clearly uh, side tax and powers between the, the central government and the uh, and the, lo- the local government. Um, we uh, should uh, strengthen uh, the science and uh, technologies, uh, application into the agriculture. For and for the, how, for your question, how can the research institute can have much uh, commitment uh, to a more equitable resilient agriculture. We really need uh, the institution um, uh, to have uh, for the uh, to, to, to transfer the advanced science and uh, technology uh, in the context of the of the climate change and uh, we we need them to to make uh, to do the research to review the re- resilient uh, models for Vietnam agriculture. Also, you know, this institute can create the platform so that we can share the information and experience in terms of uh, the, the climate change and other related issues. And um, very important thing is that uh, we should implement uh, the uh, climate resilient programs uh, under the regional context and, the, and and also the global context, uh, putting it into the Vietnam model. Thank you, Mark.
0: Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, I will turn to uh, Yanto Hess now. Uh, One of the findings uh, of the study we're discussing uh, today is that certain households, especially rural and ethnic minorities, use transfers and remittances as insurance against extreme climate events. And we know from studies that the use of remittances as an insurance against climate hazards is known to be a feasible coping strategy for the most vulnerable households. Uh, The coping capacity of these households, however, seems to mostly focus on the short term. From your experience, how can this strategy become a long-term sustainable solution for Vietnamese households? And what are the common issues and bottlenecks that policymakers should address to ensure equal opportunities for socioeconomic development?
4: Yeah, thank you, Mark. I hope uh, this time the video and the sound won't cut off. Like- You I sound great. I'd uh, like to respond for to your previous question again, like, um, like on the, work UNDP is doing in support of uh, different ministries here uh, to respond to climate change. I mean, like the main thing is besides the implementation um, phase is also that we like uh, support different ministries in the planning exercises and budgeting exercises towards um, ensuring that any kind of government interventions over the next five to ten years will consider climate change impacts and those also triple down effects will benefit the most vulnerable communities. In a way, for example, we uh, worked together with uh, MART to develop their uh, sectoral adaptation plan for the agricultural sector, where we also um, undertook a range of um, national level risk assessments for flood risk, um, landslide risk, and a range of other risk factors, and then screened which kind of areas, which kind of provinces, which kind of communities are the most vulnerable. So MART could plan ahead of um, what kind of interventions they are like rolling out in the countries to reach those who are most in need and most exposed to these kind of climate change impacts. Okay, that's just like one quick wrap up to the other question. Like now towards the remi- remi- uh, remittances, um, from the initial findings, uh, I saw that um, the benefits from the remittances uh, after an emergency struck in the research from Gracia and her colleagues uh, showed that the impact, the positive impact of the remittances, were quite short-lived, which co- pro- potentially relates to um, the situation that one household mom- member goes into the city, uh, gets a second job, sends their money back home, but after one season then returns back to the village, and that can portray a picture where like, uh, you could understand or take it that uh, remittances are not a long-term solution. And I would argue against it. Like if you look at some international studies, for example, IFAD, um, the International Fund for Agricultural Development, undertook a study in 2018, where they found that 200, over 200 million migrant workers um, sent a total of 529 billion remittances to their families in developing countries in 2018. 529 billion that year was triple the amount of the overall annual overseas development uh, which was sent from developed countries to developing countries. So you can see like what kind of um, finance we are talking about. In the same year, it was also exceeding the foreign direct investment, FDI, in most developing countries. So there's like a huge potential for remittances. But um, it's a structured problem that like on the one side, it's not uh, perceived as being a eligible um, climate change adaptation option, because it's um, more or less happening behind the scenes. I mean, like there's very, you know, it's very difficult to track the finance, which is sent through different channels back into the developing countries. And it's also difficult to then um, influence how the money is used or can be used in order to increase the resiliency of the most poor against um, any kind of uh, climate change-related impacts. Like The other thing which I would like to highlight here, which uh, I saw in my work experience in the last couple of years, uh, particularly in the field of project development, is um, that many organizations, as well as uh, ministries, work in silos and sink in silos. For example, like if there's uh, somebody from a ministry of agriculture, they're like mainly concerned about uh, interventions which relate to their... Uh, yeah, hmm. a lot of expertise. But um, I think, especially with climate change, it's important to understand that climate change and climate change impacts will affect us, uh, affect us on several levels and also at um, different sectors at the same time and simultaneously. Thank you. Yeah, I think Thank
0: you. thank you. Well, you know, the, the point of, of all these conversations is try to break down those silos and have conversations across disciplines, across sectors uh, in order to, to get at a, a solution to some of the common challenges uh, that uh, we're all facing. Uh, thank you very much. And I'll come back to you, uh, Yanto, for a final uh, question to offer and elaborate on on some of those uh, solutions-based uh, uh, interventions that, that you might suggest. Uh, for now, though, I'd like to turn to Wen Uh you know, we've been focusing a lot of our conversation on agriculture today, but it is not the only vulnerable sector to climate variability. Uh, more and more poor and marginalized people in Vietnam are being employed in construction activities, which are as exposed to climatic conditions as farming activities. What are, in your mind, uh, the best social protection options to provide support to and formalizing employment status of least skilled workers, the poorest and also the most marginalized Marginalized groups engaged in non-farm sector, especially in urban areas.
5: Yeah, uh, thank you very much for the question. But actually, the, uh, with the development of the economic in Vietnam, with the urbanization with a lot of the um, people who leave the farm um, in the rural area and then they come to the city for the uh, the hunting job in the mm-hmm. in the urban area and. Uh, uh, you know that uh, they are lack of the access to the public services and uh, the lack of the opti- opportunity to to access to the, to the public services and uh, for example the uh, health uh, care system the insurance and the um, education for their next generation also because when they come to the city they do not only uh, themselves uh, um, but also some, sometimes they can carry with their uh, children and you know lacking of the access to the public service is one of the most important, uh, mm-hmm. the, the, the important issues important issue is now in Vietnam and that it comes in my mind is that we need to open space for the um, uncared work or for the informal workers who can access to the public service. Uh, another thing is that um, to increase their opportunity uh, to join formally uh, to the uh, decision-making process at a local level and to raise their voice. That I think uh, when they can accept uh, and have the opportunity to join with their uh, uh, public spaces, uh, spaces, so they can uh, build up their knowledge aware well about the policy of the government. And by that way, they would not be left behind by any of the policy of the government,
0: Thank you Thank, thank you. thank you. Uh, and now I'd like to turn to Hai on Deng uh, of the, from the World Bank. You know, providing voice and opportunities to ethnic minorities, women and poor households could contribute to poverty uh, to enhancing poverty mobility and ensure a more equitable socioeconomic development. So, in your view, what more can be done to help these groups uh, move out of poverty traps amid a climate crisis?
6: Mm, yes, yes. Uh, thank you, Mark. Um, so, um, so in the Zoi study, right, that we did with uh, Grazia and other colleagues, uh, we did that you know, like these uh, disadvantaged groups, such as ethnic minorities, uh, uh, women, you know, poor households, you know, they. Uh, basically you know they are poorer and uh they are uh, at a more disadvantages you know positions than other groups um so so what to do to help them uh it did you know that, that's a big question and i think that you know like a uh, different organization different agency right and like uh, off-farm, like uh, the eu delegation, of course and you know we all uh, have uh, our uh, different maybe uh, of course we have some common approach, but we also have our different approaches, I mean, to, to helping the groups. Um, also as a World Bank, you know, we also have many uh, different programs, you know, uh, for helping the groups, I mean, ranging from, uh, you know, education, you know, to uh, infrastructure, right, to sustainable development, uh, and, uh, and, and and so on, yes. Um, so, but then, uh, in my personal opinion, you know, as a researcher, yes? Um, uh, I could believe that uh, ethnic minority groups, you know, they, uh, they may have their own, uh, they may have their own, you know, different culture, right, from the ethnic majority groups. Uh, for example, let, let, let me take an example, you know, for, for most of the rural population in Vietnam, uh, most of the rural ethnic majority population in Vietnam, uh, For now, the the dominant uh, work sector is still agriculture, you know, where basically we people, you know, working on the farm, right? Um, Similarly, you know, uh, for ethnic minority, you know, they mostly, they also work on the farms. Uh, But the farming practices for ethnic majority households in Vietnam, you know, consists of, you know, rice farming. Uh, But for ethnic minorities, uh, it can be different. Uh, uh, you know they can you know grow tea for example, right? Or they can have uh, you know like uh, different you know forest products. Uh, products. Um, so 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 uh, for that reason, yeah, uh, I think that you know the best uh, policy you know should be tailor made uh, to ethnic minorities you know culture uh, and their cultural you know practices uh, so that you know we can make uh, the best use. I mean. Uh, of the different you know like a cultural practice and also you know the climate you know conditions and um i also personally i also know uh, of some uh very successful you know like a uh, trading company you know that can uh you know basically like um, uh, export on uh, the organic organic forest product products made by ethnic minority groups Uh, to to the EU, you know? So so I think that's
0: a good way, you know, that's a good example. Thank you, thank you very much. So uh, this conversation has made clear that climate variability uh, takes a heavier toll on the most vulnerable populations in Vietnam and that the economic and social disruptions caused by climate variability can have a potentially destabilizing uh, effect. So I'm gonna ask each of you uh, the same question and we only have about five minutes left and there are five of you. So uh, please keep your answers answers very brief. So so here's the question. Cognizant of the increasing climate challenges, what would be two things that you would prioritize to mitigate the impact of climate on the most vulnerable and put a halt to the increasing divide between the richest and the poorest in Vietnam? So two brief uh, ideas. Uh, Cecile Loa, I will turn to you first.
3: Uh, thank you. This is very challenging to only quote uh, uh, two uh, uh, elements, but for me, then the first one would be uh, invest in uh, adaptation, uh, resilience, and preparedness. Uh, so, equip uh, the people with information, with money, so uh, with tools, with education, so they can adapt. Uh, uh, with with the climate uh, change uh, um, pattern that are uh, affecting uh, the life. The second, maybe uh, have a, a fiscal and social uh, policy uh, that is maybe more robust uh, mm. and that uh, maybe asks the rich to contribute a little bit more uh, and uh, help the most uh, vulnerable. That would Thank be you. my two message
0: thank you thank you very much and, and hi on dang uh, over to you two ideas to, to, to leave us with please
6: yes very thank briefly. you uh, yes so um, i would like to think that we should uh try to uh you know adopt alternative you know like um, methods or you know like uh, uh you know like uh, for example you know uh Organic farming or high precision, uh, high value farming. Uh, I think that that can be a good way to deal with you know climate change, and uh, and the other ideas that I think that we should also diversify. For example, tourism, you know, is also a good and growing sector in Vietnam. You know, that that can be another way to deal with climate change. Yeah. thank you. Th-
0: thank you very much. And, and Phuong Vu, uh, over to you for two ideas, two suggestions to leave us with.
2: Uh, format. We think that we uh, format. We have uh, two priorities. The first one is uh, community raising awareness. The second one is the investment in infrastructure, especially the shelter and the community house uh, for the rural area that are most vulnerable. Thank you.
0: Thank you very much. Uh, and uh, Yanto Hess, uh, to you for two ideas, two suggestions to to leave us with today.
4: Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, I would say like the first thing for me would to focus on the youth, because uh, younger generations will be the climate change leaders in the uh, next couple of years to come. And I think providing educational um, opportunities for the youth because they can also then uh, take up alternative life once used to do and send back remittances or be one of the uh, incoming generation generators in the family. The second uh, thing is that you, or from my perspective, it's important to mainstream climate change risk in planning and budgeting processes. That means like especially in a um, very rapidly developing country like Vietnam, it is important to already consider which kind of areas will be affected by climate change in the next uh, 10 to 20 years. So you avoid like placing new infrastructure projects in places which will be highly exposed to uh, storm surges, to landslides, to other risk factors. So I think when you early on consider climate change impacts, you can avoid a lot of um, additional damage costs down the line.
0: Thank you. Thank you very much. And finally, uh, to you, Wen Gok Hui, uh, two ideas, two suggestions to leave us with. In my first
5: idea is that uh, related to the carbon inequality report that our firm had just published recently. Um, we recommend that the risk who are you know just only ten percent of the population but they responsible for more than fifty percent of the carbon emission um, in the well, contribute to the global warming so we act for the private sector, uh, private sector companies uh, and also business sector who need to invest in the climate resilience and to support for the poor people who are now most vulnerable to the climate change. And the second one is that uh, we would like to recommend to the government to reform of the economic model is that not rely on of the uh, nature access uh, um, resources, but it's more based on the humans and uh, to protect the
0: planet. And that is two my suggestion. Thank you. Thank you, and thank you all for your time today and for our conversation. Uh, That wraps it up. Uh, I'm going to turn the camera over to Grazia, who will offer some concluding remarks. Uh, Thank you to the panelists, and uh, Grazia, over to you.
1: Thanks, Mark, and thanks to our speakers for this very insightful discussion indeed. This is the seventh debate regarding climate security, demonstrating the need for a continuous process of reflection around uh, climate impacts, existing risks and threats, and social political security. However, this is the first, very first time in this series that we present and discuss hard evidence on how climate variability exacerbates existing threats such as structural inequality. I would like to underline three main points of reflections that I felt that were important today. First is rising inequality of of opportunities is a serious cause of concern in Vietnam. When studying the impact of climate hazards on inequality, only looking at economic inequality is not enough. Inequality is a multidimensional phenomenon, as it is the impact of climate on different groups in the population. The second is that strengthening local governance, uh, opening for a, a concerted and participatory planning, especially when it comes to natural resource management, can help mitigating the unequal climate impacts. And finally, building instead of suppressing the differences across cultures and pl- practices between majority and minority uh, ethnicities in Vietnam will be the key for a more equal, sustainable development. As many of you uh, have uh, pointed out, uh, guaranteeing equal access to resource, voice and participation of the most vulnerable group will be a fundamental contribution, but also an excellent challenge for the present and future of the government of Vietnam. Furthermore, it was clear today, as in previous debates, how vital the synergies between different actors are from the national government and ministries and their knowledge of excellence of what happens in the field to the extraordinary contribution of UN partners, World Bank, international organizations such as Oxfam and Research Institutes. Creating opportunities for knowledge uh, sharing and collaboration is vital and can help saving the life of meaning. And on this, the science and technologies developed by CGR and other research institutes can play a vital role. Like those of the previous debate, today's reflections must allow us to reflect and act correctly and concretely to seek tangible solutions and help millions throughout the country. In this case, Vietnam. We hope that our study and our analysis can contribute even a little to this ambition. Thanks again for tuning in and see you next week for part two of Charting the Path to Peace when we will be presenting and discussing the funding of our study and analysis about the impact of climate variability uh, on inequality in Vietnam. Thank you and goodbye.
0: All right, thank you all for listening. Thank you to Grazia. Thank you to CGIAR for another great conversation in this climate security series. To view other episodes in the series, again, please visit globaldispatchespodcast.com. All right, we'll see you next time. Thanks. Bye.